Welcome to another episode of the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, yesterday, the news that everybody knew was coming, figured was coming, anticipated was coming, was just waiting for when it was going to happen, and that is uh, Chet Holmgren declaring for the NBA draft. When Gonzaga started recruiting him, uh, and it looked like Gonzaga had a true legitimate shot at him, I'm sure the coaching staff knew that it was for one year. Uh, the fan base knew that it was going to be for one year and was hoping that with bringing in such a talent like Chet Holmgren, it would have led to uh, another Final Four appearance and possibly the first national title in school history. Unfortunately, didn't lead to either one of those, but still a spectacular freshman season for Chet Holmgren. I think if you polled Gonzaga fans and asked everybody in uh, in Gonzaga Nation if they would uh, do it all over again, I'm pretty darn sure they would all say yes. Uh, I think if you asked the coaching staff, would you re-recruit Chet Holmgren knowing that it was even for a year, they would all say yes. I think some of the most impressive characteristics about Chet Holmgren being a part of the uh, Gonzaga program over the past year is just how he bought in. You see a lot of one-and-done type players or players that think too much of themselves, really don't buy into the college setting that they're in. They only look at it as a stopover um, on their way to uh, what they think is where they should be at the time, and that's in the NBA. Uh, that was not the case with Chet Holmgren. Um, from early on in the season when I was at practice, uh, you could tell he wanted to be coached. You could tell he wanted to fit in. You could tell um, he was a special and unique player as well as a special and unique teammate. I think some of the things that really caught my eye over the course of the year was Early in the season, you know, he just tried to blend in. You, you could see the skill set. You could see the uniqueness. You could see uh, how talented he was and how he could impact the game. But early on, um, you know, he let the game come to him. He, he let things uh, just kind of fall into place. And as the season wore on, I'd say about a third of the way in, maybe halfway in, you know, it was evident just how good he was. He started hunting his shots more, um, whether it was – uh, grab it off the glass and, and push to making a play in transition or catching uh, as a trail big in transition and shooting a transition three. Uh, he started looking much more comfortable, much more confident. Um, but all in all, uh, you know, as a Gonzaga alum, a former player, uh, someone who pulls for Gonzaga, obviously, uh, it was a lot of fun to watch him for a year. Wish him nothing but the best of luck in the NBA. I can imagine, and I've said this throughout the year, I don't see there is any way he falls below the third pick in the NBA draft. I honestly, if, if I'm uh, Houston, Orlando, or Detroit, one of those three teams, and it looks like one of those three teams will have the f number one pick in the NBA draft, uh, once the lottery occurs in the next few weeks, uh, we'll probably get a little bit more idea sorted out um, where he truly may fall. But I, I don't think he's falling below three. Honestly, I think if you're number, you have the number one pick and you don't take him, uh, I think you're, you're, you're making a mistake. I, I, I like Ben Carroll a lot. I do like Jabari Smith of Auburn a lot. But I think Chet is so different and so unique um, that he impacts the game in so many ways that also don't show up in a stat sheet. Um, you know, he averaged uh, nearly a double-double, uh, over three blocks a game. 
but when you look at some of the advanced stats in in how opposing offenses um, played when he was on the floor versus off the floor, uh, it becomes even more clear just how uh, much of a rim protector he is. And that's something that is unbelievably valued at the next level in the NBA. Um, you know, you've got high-flying athletes that are going to be constantly attacking the rim, but if you've got a rim protector uh, who, who can block shots, who can alter shots that you have to think about when you're getting in the paint, um, you know, it's such a bonus, a benefit to your defense. But um, he, that's one of the attributes that I think is really good. Obviously, he can shoot it. I think he can space it. I think there is more space in the, in the NBA game that uh, will give him the ability to maybe attack off the dribble a little bit more than he did in college. Um, you know, everyone makes a big deal about his weight and, and his perceived lack of strength. I don't buy it. I haven't bought it um, ever since I saw him in person at practice this year because um, nine times out of ten, he's the aggressor on a possession, and he's the one playing with force, and he's the one putting the defense back on their heels. Um, so I'm not too concerned about that. I think he will get bigger and stronger over time. Um, but but there's a process to it, uh, especially because he's still young and he's a big. You don't want to lose his agility. You don't want to lose his uh, skill set um, as he puts on weight. But I, that wouldn't be a, a big concern of mine uh, because of you know his his versatility. Because he can play inside, he can play outside, uh, he can do many different things. And you don't want to um, impact his versatility by just saying you got to put on 30 pounds in the next year. That, that's not going to be the case. One of the other things I think that's so unbelievably impressive about him is his IQ um, and his coachability. And that's going to be huge at the next level because um, in the NBA, games come at you fast and furious, really, after the the first five days of of training camp when you're allowed to have some two-a-days once you get into games. It's coming fast and furious and, and all the little adjustments, all the little tweaks that are put in um, whether it's morning of shoot around or even uh, during a film session, you've got to be able to pick it up and then uh, implement it and execute it on the fly. I, I, what I've seen from him this year is that should be absolutely no problem. Um, he'll be perfectly fine as far as understanding the NBA game and, and what he needs to do to have success. Um, and then his coachability. I touched on it earlier. Uh, Coach Few coached him hard. Um, he wanted to be coached. He was an attentive listener in uh, timeout situations when, when you'd focus in and, and, and watch. And I think that's going to bode well for, for him at the next level because um, he's, he's going to uh, have growing pains, as all rookies do. But when you're attentive and you're ready to be coached and you're ready to be listen, or you're ready to listen and you're ready to work through it, you can improve through those stretches uh, so much quicker. And I, I see that being the case for him. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to watch. But when you look at the, the three teams, Houston, uh, Orlando, and, and Detroit as the probable top three picks, um, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in wanting Orlando to get the number one pick. And <laughs> it'll be inter- that would be interesting because, uh, you know, he and Jalen Suggs played together in high school. Uh, then Jalen Suggs obviously was the first of the two to go to, to Gonzaga, had a successful uh, one-year stint there, and then Chet Holmgren follows him because of, partly because of that experience. 
Um, and then, you know, he had a one-year successful stint before going to the NBA. But uh, I think a lot of Gonzaga fans would be pulling for that. That would be fun to watch. It'd be almost like Memphis um, with Brandon Clark and Killian Tilly, where there'd be a team with a couple Zags where uh, people could get really behind. But I think the biggest thing for Chet, honestly, when he gets drafted is that the organization has a plan in place around him in regards to not putting too much pressure on his shoulders right away and allowing him to learn the NBA game, the lifestyle, and uh, how to be successful um, and how that roster is uh, formed with hopefully some mentors that can really um, pour into him and help him. I, I think that's been... When I look back at, at my career or other careers of players that I've followed, one of the biggest things for a young player um, to reach their potential is the teammates around them. And you hear the word culture all the time. And I don't want to use that word culture, but uh, if if you've got veterans who are supportive and veterans who will help a young player uh, and show them the ropes, show them the way of how to be a true pro, it... it pays huge dividends it's immense and so that's hopefully something for Chet that he falls into an organization that drafts him that has that in place um that that would be a big benefit for him to start his career you know the other thing a lot of people have asked me or you keep hearing is an NBA comp um for Chet and that's a difficult one because you know you got to obviously look at a big guy you know seven foot and then you want to look at somebody who has the ability uh, to shoot it, which <laughs> there's not a lot of seven-footers that can truly shoot it the way he does. Then you need to look at is there, uh, is there a skill set such as the ability to handle the ball, pass the ball, and then you look at the defensive set side of the ball. Is, does, is there a player at that size that can impact the game defensively, protecting the rim and the paint like he does? And, and so I really don't to be honest, find a lot of comps. The two comps um, that I've heard a few times, um, I don't like one of them. One of the comps is Bull Bull, who played at Oregon. Um, you know, he was at uh, Denver for a while. Uh, it's escaping me right now who he's with in the NBA. But, you know, that's a, that's in kind of, to me, that's a lazy comp because, yes, Bull Bull 7-3, yes, he can handle it a little bit, he can shoot a little bit, but his motor is nowhere near what Chet's is. His competitive drive is nowhere near what I've seen seeing from Chet Holmgren. Uh, I don't think he impacts the game defensively the way Chet would, um, and he just doesn't have that winning mentality that Chet would. But it's an easy comp because of the size and a little bit of the skill set on the offensive end of the floor. The other one that um, I think might be the closest comp, um, at least in regards to the offensive end of the floor, uh, would be Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, started his career with with the Knicks. He's been with uh, the Mavericks for a while. Um, you know, seven two, seven three, can really shoot it, can stretch it, can put the ball on the deck. Um, but he doesn't have the passing ability, or I don't think he has um, the the IQ uh, of what Holmgren will grow into and become at that next level. The other thing he does not have. Uh, is the shot blocking ability. He does have the rebounding ability, um, but he doesn't have the shot blocking capability. So those are two comps that, that I see um, 
both when I look, but also when I've talked to others and, and read things. Um, I'm sure there's a couple others out there that will get thrown around, but I think those, because of the size and uniqueness of those two other players, are the reason those get thrown out there uh, a little bit more. But all in all, it's a good day for, for Gonzaga basketball when you've got a guy who is projected um, as a top three pick in the draft. Again, I don't see him falling anywhere below three. Uh, I do think he will be at the end of the day. I do think a lot will depend on who has that first pick, um, which we'll find out in the in the draft lottery uh, in the coming weeks. But Chet Holmgren would be hard to pass at number one, that's for sure. So um, like, subscribe, review uh, Gonzaga Nation on any of your platforms, whether it is our podcast platforms, YouTube, um, send us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. So for Gonzaga Nation Media Network, I'm Dan Dickow, and this has been The ISO.